This is the Horse Radio Network. Everybody could use a good reason to laugh in 2020. This week, we're talking to one of our favorite comedic riders in the horse world. What horse shows are canceled now and where? And what's the etiquette on riding horses for other people? Thanks for tuning in. From Heels Down Mag, a podcast where horse pros chat about what's happening in the horse world over drinks. Welcome, Welcome to, happy to Happy Hour. Hour. I'm Justine Griffin. I'm Jessica Payne. And I'm Ellie Wozniaka. Welcome to episode 72 of Heels Down Happy Hour. How are you guys? Oh boy, it's hay yeah. season. Oh, yeah. Busy, busy. Yeah, I'm over it. <laughs> I saw your pictures. Like, so how much, how many bales do you, I guess, would you bail at this time um, of year? So, I mean, ideally we start like two months ago, um, but we had a tractor breakdown and so it was just a big mess. So horses are pissed because their hay is going to be stemmier than usual. It'll be first cutting instead of second cutting and they're just going to have to deal with it. But um, we usually put in a little over a thousand bales, like 1300. Wow. But that's for six horses. And that like, I mean, we still have probably... 50 bales left over from last year right now. Oh, so that's we like awesome. to give ourselves like that wiggle room. Yeah. Um, that buffer. Yeah. But it's way too much work. Like this is why people pay people for hay because being on the back, like I don't understand why Matt is the one that gets to ride in the tractor and I'm the one that has to do the work. <laughs> <laughs> so you need to renegotiate the deal. Probably because I'm a horrible driver, but oh, well. I mean, whatever. So this episode is brought to you by Ecogold. Uh, you guys can visit Ecogold, E-C-O-G-O-L-D dot C-A for all their latest stuff. But I just had to come on and talk to you guys. Have you guys seen the Cool Fit saddle pads? Because they're great for this time of year. I really want one so bad. It's like high on my next purchase list. They're so nice because basically like they're shimmed. You can basically stuff under it and the way it fits it's got the wither like opening so it's not on the withers and stuff but it is it really does keep them so much cooler like basically that will like make their i mean that's what we love about eco gold is the technology and everything else but these cool fit really do the smart textiles that are the material that in it they actually sense and react to the environmental conditions so that fact like alone is just pretty impressive and this time of year when it's so hot and everything i just really really like these the way that they like can sense the moisture it just it's pretty impressive if you guys want to buy one you guys can go to like i said ecogold e-c-o-g-o-l-d dot c-a for more information and order your own now on to like my favorite thing we can talk about is different drinks. And I don't know why I think summertime is like my favorite time for like different drinks in the winter time. I just want like a glass of red wine. I don't really want to break out anything else, but I think as it's hot, I want to try like either a wine spritzer or something else. And I came across this really cool drink that I've got to try. I just saw it in the last day or so. And I want to talk to you guys about it. And I want everybody to go on the Facebook page and, Tell me if you try it, because I'm going to be trying that this week. It's called the Summer Vodka Fizz. And it's two ounces of vodka, half an ounce of fresh lemon juice, half an ounce of mint simple syrup, and one to two ounces of club soda. And you basically put the vodka, lemon juice, and the mint simple syrup into a shaker. 
and basically shake it all up, strain it, put it on with ice and then just add it with a glass, like top off the club soda and you can garnish it with like mint or lemon or something like that. And there's your summer drink. I think it sounds fabulous. I think that sounds perfect for this. And it looks so refreshing. It looks like just a lemonade. So uh, I need that right now. Right. Like when it's a hundred degrees down here, I'm like, Hit me up with that. Like, that sounds so good. So you guys, please go on the Facebook page. I would love to hear it. Um, I will post a picture later this week of what I try and see what we're like it. But I'd love to hear what you guys think. So let us know. So have you guys seen Arnold Schwarzenegger's Inside Ponies? I have. I love those videos. Yeah, he posts them on Facebook, like during quarantine, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so he has a miniature horse named Lulu. And a miniature donkey named Whiskey. And he's got, like, dogs and stuff, too. But, obviously, those are my, my favorite. Um, and he posts these, like, just funny videos of them doing, like, random stuff together. And, like, the dogs bossing, like, the donkey around. And it's just, like, really funny. But he was interviewed about it because, like, these things have gone completely viral. Like, they were just, like, little short videos on, like, Instagram and stuff. And, um, you know, he just wanted to share fun stories And, you know, especially during this crazy time, but he's gotten so viral that studios actually want to do a movie about the animals in his house because it's like, yeah. So I think also because he's Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? Yeah. Like, you know, whatever, but the Terminator will come out with animals. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He was just, he was talking about how like fun it is to like watch the animals interact. And I think as horse people, like we already know that like with like seeing, you know, the herd interact and turn out and stuff, just like the weird stuff they do and like the stupid stuff and the funny stuff. Um, but so I'm waiting for Warner brothers to give me a call so I can get my movie contract. Oh my gosh. You know, I saw that video earlier, like during the pandemic, it was him and he had the mini horse and the mini donkey, like at his kitchen table in his house. And they were like eating Eating carrots off a yes. plate at his table. It oh, was the wow. cutest thing. Yeah, it was a very, it was a very sweet pick me up yeah. kind of video. So I think he like the way I understand it is he has like a stable for them, but like they are allowed to come in and out of the house as they please, like dogs. Like he just treats them as dogs. And I guess they like they don't have any accidents in the house or anything like that. But his little, I think it's like a Yorkie thing, dog named Cherry. She like runs everything and it's really funny because like he there's one video where he's like laying in a recliner and he's got the dog on his lap and like the donkey comes over to like say hi and this dog just like snaps at the donkey and the donkey's just like oh okay and like goes away. It's just <laughs> funny because like literally this dog has to weigh like six pounds. <laughs> and I'm just like, this is oh and it's just funny because it's Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know? It's great. It is I'm funny. all about house zoos. So, Justine, tell me about the Space Force. So, the Space Force has a horse. Can you believe that? I'm really excited about this. So, you know what the Space Force is, right? It's like this newly created branch under our current administration and the government, right? Um, Well, they're promoting in a press release uh, that the Space Force has a horse and he's a five-year-old mustang named ghost and he came from um the blm like he's a wild uh american mustang and 
why he's part of the space horse is um spoiler alert he's not actually gonna go into space but um i guess when the space force was created it uh absorbed a couple of other military programs including the military working horses program which is a national program um, that used to be under the Air Force, actually. So now it, this, you know, this military group that uses horses to like patrol beaches, that sort of thing, uh, is now un- technically under the Space Horse. And so Ghost, this beautiful gray uh, Mustang, he lives at the Vanderburg Air Force Base, um, which is on the California coast, and he per- he is going to like patrol the coastland essentially as a mount for military police. But it's pretty weird that technically, you know, his paycheck or our tax dollars are uh, going to the Space Force uh, to to pay for him. So I just like, think it's really cool that he's a Mustang, too. You know, it is very cool. And I think that's the point. Like they're trying to highlight the BLM, you know, Mustangs and that these horses need homes and how useful they can be. Uh, and so basically, you know. Officers will ride him and he'll enforce like fish and game laws in that area of California, um, kind of like patrol hunters, that kind of thing. Um, but for a five-year-old Mustang, I mean, that's pretty impressive. So I hope he gets a cool like space uniform or something anyway, even though he's not going to space. Yeah, I, think, I don't think they're going to dress him up like an astronaut, but maybe. No, I, I feel like that would be good advertisement. I mean, <laughs> maybe I just want to see it. Someone Photoshop that and put it in the Facebook group if you're good at Photoshop, because I would like to see what that would look like. That's all you want to see. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What about That's you, amazing. Jess? What's going on? So I am going to talk about kind of the craziness that is, but I just want to talk to you guys about all the cancellations of shows, like oh, what you guys boy. were thinking about it. And I'm just amazed... Honestly, like, I got why Pony Finals was canceled and everything else. Like, they had those positive cases, and they were trying to, like, protect the kids. And there's all these, like, different rumors of exactly why it happened or whatever. But then, you know, Kentucky Horse Park was going to run the next couple shows afterwards. But then I guess they were told they needed to, like, quarantine for 14 days and, like, clean everything. And then that kind of set up that ACs could run the American Eventing Championships, at the Kentucky Horse Park, and that is supposed to be in, like, a couple weeks, but now they've, like, canceled that, and I don't know. It's kind of a little uncertain. Tryon's been running a bunch, and there's a couple other horses that have been running a bunch, but there's a couple events that have been going, but it's kind of uncertain of what the fall's going to look like, and it's kind of a little weary for us, and I'm sure other people, you know, how do you make plans to go, and thankfully the American eventing championships canceled prior to like us entering and stuff. Like I waited kind of just to uh, make sure that we weren't because it's a lot of money that, you know, you're kind of doing. And so I know it's, there's a lot of bigger things that everybody's worried about, but it's like, okay, well, a lot of people live to go to horse shows and they do this. So it's just kind of strange that sometimes you're having to figure out is it worth going and risking all this money to then get canceled like the pony finals a lot of those ponies were there and spent thousands of dollars to get there and so it's kind of weird times do you you know everybody's the biggest question is do you go to horse shows or do you not because for us you know we've done a lot of social distancing we bring our barns we stay you know 
in our barn aisles and do as much kind of protocol as possible, wearing mask and everything else. And we don't, you know, we don't go out to dinner. I cook a lot of dinners at the Airbnb we rent and everything, but it's, you know, I wanted to kind of talk to you guys, what you kind of thought about all these cancellations and what else you guys were thinking about it. Well, I think Tryon is a unique venue where it's easier to social distance, right? Everything is outside. It's spread out where you stay, you know, you're like in in the mountains of Tryon. Um, I I just feel like that's a good place to to do that, right? Yes. Um, As opposed to like looking forward to indoor season, like Washington International or Pennsylvania. Like, I feel like that is much harder to, to manage, right? Yeah. Which is probably part of the reason why they're coming to Florida, which they're coming to my backyard. They're coming to Tampa, which is uh, really interesting. Uh, and they they picked a great venue that's real spread out and uh, got plenty of space, too. But it's a little bit more, um, I don't want to call it try on rural, but like Tampa's like a metro yes. city, you know. So um, it'll be interesting to see how that goes, especially because... Uh, Florida is friendly to events, but our caseloads are very high right now. Um, school is probably going to start here, uh, but still, the cases are very high in Florida. So I, I, you know, two months, three months away is a long time. So I'll I'll be curious to see if anything changes before you know those indoor shows come down here. You know, all the schooling shows are running, all the events are running here, and I don't see that slowing down in the fall, especially no. when I think like events in like Ocala, you know, that's also a place where you can really spread out, uh, you know, a, a lot of those venues, a lot of the venues, a hundred percent. And and people are going, I mean, people, the schooling shows through the summer and stuff, they're filling classes, they're filling the venues, people are going. So I think they will continue to run if people are going to go to them. I just hope oh, people, that's it. they're all sold out. Exactly. A lot of the shows are sold out. I just hope people are responsible because all it takes yeah. is one or two positive cases at a venue to, to shut it down. Right. As we learned in Kentucky. Well, and that's it. Like, and it's the people that, you know, aren't being responsible. And I'm honestly really disappointed because there were some crazy rumors that went on with the horse park, that there were a lot of people not being responsible and, you know, the horse park did everything they could. So it's not them at all. It's those individuals that, you know, they killed it for everybody. And so, you know, we've, we've seen that a little bit with events and, you know, that's what I just really wish that all these people would be responsible. Like if you're by somebody that ends up with a positive test, like stay at home for two weeks, you know, do your due diligence. And there's a lot of people and not a lot of people. There are some people that just think they're better than that and don't show up. And it's, it's really disheartening that that's actually been the case. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I what do you think, Ellie? Big time riders. Yeah. Well, I think you guys have pretty much nailed it. I mean, my sister just got back from uh, like almost a week in Saratoga, um, and they were they were really adamant about it. And I just did a local show, not for me, but with um, two clients, and it was. I mean, they tried to do as much as they could. I mean, they made announcements about social distancing and stuff like that. Um, but I. And it was outside, so I think it was a little better. But it's just, it's hard not, I mean, just like it's hard for us to kind of revamp the way that we interact with each other, um, just in everyday life. I think for horse shows especially, it's hard, you know, not to congregate by the end gate and not to congregate by the um, courses that are posted. Like, it's just, 
people, I don't think are thinking completely, you know, about that because you're focusing on the show, you know, you're not focusing on everything that could go wrong. If, um, you know, this horrible pandemic keeps going. So I think that, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that people can get their stuff together and do what they have to do to protect the we. Um, although, I mean, like Jess said, you know, there are some people that are just think that they're above, I guess, getting and spreading the pandemic, which isn't really a thing. So <laughs> I don't know how to fix those kind of situations. But I think I think for the most part, people are trying to do what they're trying to get back to life as normal um, yeah. as close as they can. I think the majority of people are trying to be, you know, good, but there's just those bad eggs every bit. Yeah. And it's just unfortunate. So, you know, which there were those bad, those were those bad bits before COVID too. Yeah, exactly. We just were complaining about them for different reasons. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) They're still the same bad people. (laughs) Yeah. It's just now, you know, they're now shutting down our horse shows and that just makes me even more irritated. So yeah. <laughs> if you guys love Heels Down Happy Hour, you should really consider supporting us on Patreon. Any little bit helps us keep this show on the air and we love bringing new episodes to you as often as we can. So if you want to support this podcast, you can go to Patreon, which is P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash heels down. So guys, have you heard that Greenhawk is having a super big sale this weekend on all of their elation breaches? I'm super excited. So I know we've reviewed the Chelsea elation. Jess, I know you have a pair of those on the podcast probably a little while ago. And then Ellie, you have the tights, right? Like we've, we've tried yep. all kinds of elation breaches. Mm-hmm. So if you ever wanted to try them, like now is your chance. You can get them 50% off, which is, I don't think they'll ever be cheaper than that. No. no. And they're so nice. Like they're thin enough for the summer, but not too thin that like for, I have the breeches. They're, they're just an all around. They hold up. I stick them in the washing machine, wear them all day and they're so comfortable. But what I'm also excited about is that they're not just having on just lations. They're having it on so many different things. So you guys need to check it out because they have, they have those, um, those tempo sun shirts. I think Ooh. those are going to be 50% off. And so there's going to be so many, I think they have like a minimum off 15% off the whole website. And I think there's obviously some things that are excluded, but for majority, it's a whole statewide thing. So, I mean, a whole site-wide thing that you guys have got to go check it out because it's only a four-day sale, but it's all over their website. Different things are on sale. So as much as we love the Alations, uh, I can't wait to order some other things that I've been dying to try because, like you said, I don't think this stuff's going to be this cheap probably ever again. No, and they're black label britches. They're men's, right? Those are off, too. You're going to get Doug some... Uh... Some breeches. <laughs> uh, yeah. Doug won't wear any. Like, he is so particular. He won't try any. I love trying new breeches. I love trying new shirts. He won't try anything new. He, <laughs> are, he orders off one website. He calls them. Like, it's done. Like, he doesn't try anything. That's <laughs> funny. Oh, my these. goodness. People can send me all different things to try, but not Doug. He's He doesn't really go off his, like, he doesn't really venture out, I guess you should say. Well, it sounds like you're going to get free shipping too. So if you buy like more than one pair, anything that's over $50, you'll get free shipping on the sale. Oh, nice. 
And just so you know, the sale runs Thursday through Sunday from August 13th to the 16th. So, uh, and they've got just super good deals. This is a good weekend to shop. If you're feeling stressed, go ahead and like have some shop therapy. This is the time to do it. Yeah. Check out everything they have at greenhawk.com. All right, everybody. So I'm really excited to introduce our guest this episode. Uh, she's someone who's been part of Heels Down for a long time behind the scenes. Her name is Wendy Angel, and she is an adult Emmy eventer from Texas. And she's also the brilliant author behind our lastly LOLs. If you're a subscriber to the Heels Down Brief, you understand what those are. And uh, when Wendy isn't writing comic genius for our newsletter... She's uh, working as a professional in marketing and communications, and she also writes columns for us that hopefully you've read on HeelsDownMag.com. Hi, Wendy. Hello. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh. Thanks so much for joining us. Of course. I honestly don't know why it's taking us this long to get you on the podcast. (laughs) Probably because you're scared of what I might say. (laughs) This is is true. Very unpredictable. (laughs) So let's start with the brief. The last these are very clearly the most popular part of the Heelstown brief. It's what people screenshot and share on social media. Uh, People really seem to resonate with your internal musings that you just come up and write for us. So I wanted to ask you, how do you, how do you come up with these? How do you come up with the last these that you put in the brief every day? Well, first of all, I'm just so glad that people identify with the crazy that lives in my head and that I get to share it with the world. It's uh, uh, thanks everyone for reading them. (laughs) Um, Well, really, I just come up with these based on the random musings in my brain. It's, it's a circus of insanity inside there and it just has to come out. And this is one of the various ways that it just filters out into the world. So, I mean, it'll, I'll just see something, um, happening with horses that makes me think, oh God, that's so funny. I need to turn that into something or I'll see something in the news or, you know, I'll see people acting like horses and kind of translate that through the, the horse filter into words. (laughs) I love that so much. (laughs) Really, it's just, you know, it's due to the fact that I I have a very insane, random mind. I'll just be driving down the road and, you know, one will come out in my head and I have to stop and put it into my phone. I really don't know where they come from. I'm, I'm sure there's just like this little pit inside of me that all the weirdness originates from and it just, you know, filters out through my mouth. (laughs) so you are an amy eventer you live in texas you have a full-time job tell me what it's like to manage all those things oh gosh where to start for that um well first of all i have a thoroughbred who never raced which is great um I am a certified weenie, so I don't, I'm not really sure why I do eventing. <laughs> I started off doing hunters, and then one day um, when I had my old draft horse, I thought, you know what would help him? I think dressage, even though I had never done dressage before in my life, so I don't know really where I got that idea. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm a certified weenie doing eventing, novice level. Um, gosh, it's so hard training and having a full-time job and also living, I live an hour and 15 minutes away from my barn. Wow. So that's, that's quite the commitment, but it is, um, but I, I love my trainer. She's fantastic. Awesome. 
Angela Bowles. I love her. Um, so she's worth the drive for me. But mm-hmm. I'm kind of in the middle of not a whole lot of eventing going on in this area. Um, so, I mean, the barns are minimum 45 minutes away for an eventing barn. So, yeah. So I get to go out just three, four times a week and then pretend to have balls, which I don't have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably the world's worst dressage rider, but but I'm still learning. <laughs> so you're in Texas and one of our other favorite people, Stormy Daniels, is in Texas. And yes. you're really good friends with her. What's it like? I mean, I love me some Stormy, but tell us what it's like to be in Texas, riding with Texas, uh, riding it with Stormy. And do you have any good stories, basically? Well, for a couple of years now, she's been a bit busy. <laughs> I, don't <laughs> know <if y'all, laughs> I don't know if y'all knew. <laughs> but yeah, she we haven't really been able to ride with her, you know, go to shows with her or any of that for, it's been quite some time. And you know, she's, she's like always dropped off the face of the planet with eventing. I know. (laughs) She still comes home every once in a while and gets to ride her horses and whatnot, but she has such a crazy schedule that, you know, that's just not the focus of her life right now. I mean, she's had a lot going on. I know. But it's, it was kind of surreal being friends with her first before she was the international, the Stormy Daniels. I mean, she was always (laughs) famous before that for certain stuff, but (laughs) not like on the the national news cycle level. So when that news came out, you know, it was, it was kind of crazy and surreal. Like, dude, you were just at our, our eventing end of year banquet last week. And now this, like, what the hell? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but probably one of my favorite memories has happened, um, you know, since all that news broke a couple of years ago, that she had a, a spot in her schedule that was a little bit open. And at the time she was driving around on her tour bus around the country doing events and interviews and all that stuff. And so she drove her tour bus onto the, the horse show grounds, <laughs> Meadow Creek Park here in Texas. Of course she went to Meadow Creek. Yeah. <laughs> of course, <laughs> of she, course she showed up there. <laughs> so I was planning on attending the show there anyway and so she's like, well, why don't you just stay on the tour bus with me and my <laughs> my whole entourage of bodyguard and bus driver and yada, yada. So got there and ended up <laughs> staying on her tour bus on these teeny tiny little cot. I don't know if y'all have ever seen on tour buses what the beds are like, but you're stacked in there like dominoes. It's kind of disturbing how close you are to another person that you don't know. <laughs> but yeah, she... She came. I, I I baked her a very inappropriate shaped cake, and <laughs> and, we, and we hung out for the weekend. <laughs> it was fun. Oh, that sounds awesome. <laughs> and just you know, so you know a little bit about my personality. She actually warned her bodyguard about me. Oh, wow. oh that is saying something. <laughs> I don't even so- think she warned her bodyguards about Robbie and Brad and all them. So no, it was it was just. Something. It was just, just me. You. That's awesome. <laughs> and I, I didn't realize that until, um, you know, we had been sitting around, hanging out, having a couple of cocktails for a while. And suddenly, you know, her bodyguard, Travis, turned to her and said, okay, I see what you mean. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? And she's like, oh, yeah, I, I totally warned everyone about you. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> because I'm inappropriate and have no filter and... I mean, clearly that's why I write the last lease, right? Yeah, <laughs> but you're right? appropriate in all the best ways possible, you know? 100%. <laughs> 
Oh, I don't know if it's always um, <laughs> the the best ways. Um, I also have a fun story about that of how I met Angela, uh, my trainer, um, the person I was boarding with at the time, one of my good friends. Um, she took me for a lesson there because she was convinced that my old draft horse was completely unsuitable and needed to go. And he, he, he ended up, that was the case. But we got there. I'd never met Angela. I didn't know her. You know, and she's a high-level rider. I get there, I hop on, I start to walk to warm up, and I start cussing <laughs> and saying all sorts of inappropriate things because I was being run away with at the walk. <laughs> oh my I had no control over him. And suddenly she just looked at me and then looked at her working suit and said, I think I need my helmet and boots. <laughs> <laughs> So I was I was ejected in my first five minutes of my lesson. It was fantastic. <laughs> but you not knew it was a match from that right. moment on. <laughs> I'm not sure that Angela knew it was a match for a while. <laughs> she so didn't know what all, to think of me. <laughs> in all seriousness, right, you are a fellow immune deficient. Um, so how... How do you balance your riding goals with managing your health? I mean, I know it's not easy for me, but how how is it for you as someone who suffers with an autoimmune disease? Oh, it it can be pretty darn tough sometimes. So for those who don't know, um, I have lupus. So if you don't know what that entails, um, I get a lot of joint pain, rashes. I have crazy heat intolerance because my circulatory system's all jacked up. there's all sorts of things that can go wrong. And then last year, because autoimmune diseases like to acquire friends and invite them over for parties in your body. I started oh, yes. Getting, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. They are not um, solitary creatures. So I started developing <laughs> <laughs> um, something called dermatomyositis, which affects your muscles and you get more rashes. So I have like layers of rashes. It's, it's really beautiful and pretty sometimes. So especially with the muscles being affected, in addition to the joints, sometimes there's, there's weeks that I can't ride or I can't do more than go for a walk. Um, and, you know, it's, it's been really great to have my trainer be so supportive and understanding that I can get to a lesson and say, you know, today is not the day for me to be jumping more than a foot or at all. So it's tough. Yeah, I don't know how to handle it sometimes, to be, to be quite honest. It, it, I Basically, I shouldn't be doing this sport with as much as it affects me. And the fact that the sun honestly kills me. Like, I'm, I'm insane that I still do this, but it's my therapy and it helps me mentally. Yeah, no, I totally understand that. I mean, I had to tap out of a load of hay yesterday because after the third one of being in the sun i was like matt i can't do another one like i just can't oh yeah for sure and it's the worst i think i wrote about this in um a humor column one time though but there was a time where i literally stopped after uh, my cross-country run and just you know puked over the side of the horse and was like okay cool (laughs) because <laughs> I oh I'm better now. I get, it's good because <laughs> I get so heat intolerant and I don't think it was you know more than like 78 or 79 or 80 degrees there which you know in Texas in the summer is nothing <laughs> yeah it's b- breezy <laughs> <laughs> right downright balmy <laughs> oh yeah, goodness it's, it's it's hard to 
to manage that sometimes. And it's, I've had to bow out of shows before or lessons or not see my horse for a little bit. Yeah. So, okay. Back to funny. Tell (laughs) me about Nacho. Is he helping you get through quarantine? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Nacho so, is her cat, guys. Yeah, and <laughs> I Pat, had I, to ask about the cat. I did not <laughs> adopt a cat. I did not do this. I did not acquire a cat. A cat adopted me. <laughs> when a outside, cat adopted me. <laughs> he did. I went outside and there was this cat hanging around our garbage cans in the back alley. And he was just sitting there, meow, meow. I was like, oh, are you lost? I brought him some water and some food and posted him online everywhere. No one claimed this cat. And he's the sweetest thing I have ever seen in my entire life. This is like the El Chupacabra of cats. Like he does not exist. (laughs) Okay. So she, she's posted a ton of videos of this cat. I remember when you first found him Wendy, and I was like, that I couldn't be- I couldn't believe how friendly he was. He was just like a snuggle bug, wanted to cuddle on you. You could hold him and throw him around wherever you wanted. I mean, he is yes. the cutest cat. Yeah. Like he'll just from literally the second I saw him, he was like, Okay, you're gonna pick me up now and stretched his <laughs> legs up and was like, Please pick up the cats, please. I love you. And he just sits on my shoulder and um my husband was determined not to keep him, which I just had to, you know, evilly devise a plan for a little while of how I was going to force this cat into this household because as soon oh, as I, I am all about that. We <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, yes. <laughs> she's totally fine with that. Hide them in laundry bins, just figure out a way. (laughs) So I've learned the way, I hope my husband never listens to this podcast because he'll, I'm sure he's figured out my evil ways, but how I always do it is when I acquire animals against as well, I, you know, bring them in in stages like, okay, well, we're going to keep them until we find them a home. And then, okay, we're going to keep him (laughs) until until he gets better from this illness or this mange or blah, blah, blah. And then, okay, he's going to stay in this room. Okay, now he lives in the house and he rules our whole entire damn life. (laughs) Your husband and Matt should start a support group. (laughs) Yes. And can I also say that at the time of accidentally acquiring this cat, that we had two foster puppies which he also did not want to have, who had distemper. And so here we are with six dogs in the house and two guinea pigs, and this cat shows up. (laughs) And, of course, my husband's like, dear God, when does the crazy stop? But he should know. He married me. It doesn't stop ever. This is like, gosh. Ellie, I feel like you guys would be, like, best friends. (laughs) Yeah. How come you don't live in Pennsylvania? (laughs) Because because it's cold, and and Mama don't play like that. (laughs) Come come be my friend. I live in rural Pennsylvania. (laughs) I have no no friends, just cats. (laughs) (laughs) Most of my friends are animals, too. It's okay. Oh my gosh. Well, Wendy, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. This has been fun. <laughs> are, are you sure? <laughs> yeah. <Yes. laughs> if anything, just to help me have somebody who understands the crazy. <laughs> oh, I, I don't just understand crazy. I, I revel in it. I supply it to people against their will. Like this is my life. I found people either really like me or they look at me askance like, who the hell are you? Where did you come from? And please go away from me. (laughs) (laughs) 
so I've talked to you guys a lot about Berkeley's whole allergy series fiasco. And now that that's kind of controlled, I've been doing a lot of research into what can really affect and restrict a horse's breathing. And I wanted to know, Jess, if Flair has any tidbits of information on that. Yeah, so flare strips are great. They don't help the horses breathe in more air. The strips actually help the horses take in the same amount of air, but with less work. And so it's pretty interesting. They have like that spring light action that gently holds the nasal passages open that actually opens up the nasal cavity and the passages, and then it allows more air to kind of go in the nose because unlike humans, the horses can only breathe through their nose. So if it's, you know, you think about like you with like a stuffed up nose and it's kind of hard to breathe and you're kind of forcing it because everything's not clear, then you're having a hard time. Thankfully for us, we can breathe through our mouth, but the horses, if they're clogged up a bit, the flare strips just kind of open it up kind of like, you know, when you have like Vicks vapor rub and you're like, oh my gosh, like everything's clear. That's kind of what the flare strips do. So yeah, it's got so many different benefits using that to kind of open up everything to give that horse more oxygen that helps, you know, that extra thing that they're not fighting for it because when they're exercising and everything else, they need that one extra breath that they have. That makes sense. I've heard like the expression, the one breath equals one stride. Can you explain that a little bit? So is that at all gates or is that just like higher gates? So it's pretty interesting. So like at the walk and trot, the horse's respiratory rate is unrelated to its stride rate. But during the canter and the gallop, the horse's stride and the breathing are actually linked. So as the horse takes one breath, it takes a breath per stride. So that's why it's so important to like open up, like I was just talking about with the stride, the breathing and everything else per thing is because every stride, they take a breath. So if they can have more oxygen going in every breath as they're cantering and galloping, especially for, you know, when we're out cross country or even doing a jumper course or anything basic at home, all through that, every time they're cantering, they can open up and it can, you know, affect their breathing and affect the way that they get more oxygen. And obviously the more oxygen, the better they're actually being able to perform. So it's pretty incredible. And the best part about it is I've done a lot of research on all of this for different reasons, but flare strips does such a good job explaining it on their website. Like there's so much knowledge and stuff that if you guys are like at all interested, check out the flare strips, like it's flarestrips.com and they have so much different learning tools for kind of what their what their flare strips help for and basic stuff to all the way to competing horses to doing the show jumpers and everything else. So as like our, like you talked about, like one way to kind of help for the summer months or even the winter months of how to help their horses, go check that out because they have so many different resources. And then as we're kind of on that topic about different ways to kind of help, um, Justine, I had a couple of questions if you had a minute, because I know you had Mikey who wouldn't sweat and everything else. And we give electrolytes as soon as it starts getting hot and if they're traveling and all that to make sure they're drinking a bunch of water to just help their system. But I know a lot of people and we've had them in the past, like have horses that don't sweat. What are kind of some things that you have learned about trying to make it easier and maybe like 
what you've learned, what you could have done faster? Is there something you can do for trying to get the horses prepared for the summer months a bit better besides electrolytes? Yeah, sure. So I have actually owned two non-sweating horses back to back. I had a Hanoverian mare. Yeah. I forgot about her. And she, uh, she was a broodmare. She had a couple of foals and she stopped sweating after her foals. And, um, so it's interesting because, and then Mikey is like a very acute non-sweater. Like he'll, he is an over sweater up into the point that he stops. Like he just stops very suddenly. So oh. it's, uh, it's really interesting to just see how anhydrosis can affect horses in different ways. But it's interesting to what you just mentioned, just because it's also it like, Okay, so they don't sweat, but that also affects their breathing, right? Because the fur, yeah. like the most common sign you see in a horse that doesn't sweat is they pant. They sit mm-hmm. and they huff away and they're trying, like the, it's just this sh- shallow breathing because they're so hot that they can't catch their breath, that they can't regulate their temperature. So yes, electrolytes are a huge part uh, in how I help Mikey during the summer. So usually by March, he's getting electrolytes every day with every feeding. In addition, there are like plenty of different non-sweat type supplements on the market. I've tried probably all of them. Uh, and not every single one is formulated to work for every horse. So like w- what worked for Belinda, my mare, definitely has not worked for Mikey. There are supplements that are out there, but honestly, managing uh, his diet has been the, the biggest thing to keep him comfortable. So he he's on electrolytes. Um, it, it's just like loose salt in his grain. And then I also keep uh, electrolyte paste to like the tubes in my, um, my tack trunk. So if we have a particularly hard ride, which I really don't do in the summer. He's the summer is pretty much his off season. I do give him like a paste after the ride. So his diet is really interesting in that I, he does not get any alfalfa, especially in the summer months, no legume at all. Uh, not because it makes it makes him hot, which we've talked about in the podcast before, uh, just because of the way it just, it affects his body. It's like too rich of something for him to eat at a time where he needs something that's a little bit leaner and easier for his body. You just don't want his body working too hard in other ways that are going to help him overheat. Right. And beyond that, I that's, you know, I just make sure he's drinking a lot. He is a good drinker and electrolytes help him with drinking. He gets acupuncture in the summer. Um, I've heard that we just had one that stopped sweating for a hot minute and the acupuncture was huge. Definitely. I think jumpstart it. I think it definitely depends on the practitioner. You want someone who's, uh, you know, experienced and knows what they're doing. But yeah, he goes to a vet here in Florida who can get him sweating with one needle, like dripping sweat, you know? And And it's interesting. She said, go forward, going forward, that basically we can just, um, because we just dealt with this a bit too, but with the acupuncture, she said, basically just like you said, like in March where you start the electrolytes that we're talking about, she's like, we're going to jumpstart his system. Like you probably won't have to do it much through the fall months, but she's like, just as like a kind of set, you know, setting the stage for the summer to be successful. We're going to give him the acupuncture come March to make sure we jumpstart his system and he's not blocked and everything. So it's interesting for you to, I was wondering if you'd bring up the acupuncture because we just, uh, we're dealing with that. And that was one I'd actually not heard of in the past. Yeah. So it's the exact same thing of what you just described. Like he, I, he always sees the doctor, uh, like March, April before it gets too hot. So like, I remember when coronavirus was becoming a thing, I was so afraid she was going to close her office because it was March. 
And I was like, yeah. please do not close. And she still, she still let me come and he had his regular session and he's been doing really great. And then I actually have, I always do like an appointment during the worst part of the summer, like during the hottest part. So he has you another right appointment. Now? Yep. So next week, next week <laughs> yeah, he's going exactly. again just for maintenance, you know, um, and that should really get him through the summer. And last year he didn't even need that maintenance dose. He just, he saw that, you know, he saw her for acupuncture in March and got all the way through the summer. So it just depends. But I think uh, for him, it's mostly maintaining his diet. It's um, making sure he's getting electrolytes and he's a healthy drinker. And, um, and then having some support system like acupuncture too. But Ellie, what do do you do? Because I know you're in Pennsylvania, but it still gets hot there in the summer. Yeah, like right now, it's like 90. But I, um, I have an issue this year where like my horses have decided they don't want to eat their grain. If I put electrolytes in it, um, they've decided they're too good for electrolytes now, which I, I've done it every summer forever, you know, but I was trying to outsmart them, which I think I figured out. So when, when we're doing hay and stuff, like we'll salt it sometimes if it's like not completely like a hundred percent as dry as we would like, and then we'll feed it out early. But so what I did was I salt my hay now. So it's like electrolytes in their hay and they don't know. Oh, I like that. That is another trick too. So I'm, so I salt the hay, like when it's a bale and then I just like give it a day or two to like, you know, really go fall through the bale and stuff. And then I feed it out and it's worked so far, knock on wood, but it's helped with the, the picky eaters because they can't avoid their grain and their hay. Because then they have nothing to do. <laughs> Good point. Ha! I win today. Now they're going to probably pull shoes or something because they said that. Right? <laughs> so it's that time, guys. Frozen thorn. Mm. I love Frozen my favorite time. Thorn. All right. Who wants to go first? I can go. All right. Let's hear go it. Go for it. All right. Well, I'll start with my thorn. My thorn is actually the news item because I know we've talked about this, so I'm going to be brief about it, but I am really sad because we had planned two weeks in Kentucky. I had rented this like really cute Airbnb. We were going to, you know, have everybody up there. I planned a bunch of meals. And so we were going to like social distance. We were just bringing the kids that were in our barn. Everything was going to be great. And then they canceled both weeks. So it was kind of sad. So I'm I'm still grateful we get to go to Tryon and all that, but sad that I was looking forward to doing Kentucky and the American Eventing Championships. But my rose is that um, right now it's not horse related at all. And so you guys are going to have to bear with me, but all of a lot of my friends have their kids that are older dealing with school and they're figuring out how to like either do virtual school and everything else. So right now I just, my rose is that I'm so blessed that my kids are little and I'll have to figure out like if they're going to go to school or if I had to teach them school, like that's honestly <laughs> my biggest rose is that I don't have to teach my children school. And I, <laughs> I just, that's probably everybody's thorn or whatever, but I just have so many friends that are like, I can't teach my child. Like, and they're like, and they're going to sit in front of a thing. So I'm not sure what I would do. And so my rose is that I don't have to make that choice. And I have all the friends that are like, what would you do? And I just tell them, I'm like, I'm just thankful. I don't have to make that choice. Cause I don't know what I do. 
So, Ellie, what is your rose and thorn? Well, my rose and thorn are connected. So, it starts off with me being frustrated about the horse industry, I guess, and how people will market themselves as trainers without like having enough knowledge to kind of back it up. So I, I acquired a, a new client because she was having some issues with the horse. And I mean, I kind of live in the middle of nowhere. So I told her, I was like, I'm really not the best trainer you can hire, but I'll see if I can help you out. That's kind of the way I'm like, yeah, whatever. So she had this like shark finned thoroughbred. I mean, like probably mid to late teens and they were riding it. Try not to gag in an extra wide saddle. Like this saddle was resting on the horse's withers oh. just when you put it on. And, and you get on it and you're pinching it. Yeah. Like it, it was bad. Like I've, I'm not by no means a saddle fitter and I've seen some bad, but that was bad. And this horse, like if you touched his back, like he'd try to bite you, like it was painful. So the fact that he didn't kill these people was impressive for me. But so the thorn part of this is, is that their old trainer was having issues. Like it wasn't picking up, the horse wasn't picking up the right lead because it was pinching his shoulder blade. It hurt. Um, and it was painful. But so this trainer decided that she was going to jump him in the saddle to make him land on the right lead. Oh no. And like, I just, and, it, and it's hard because I, I don't want to be rude and I don't want to be unprofessional and I'm not going to go in and just talk to people and say, well, your other trainer didn't know what the heck she was talking about, you know, because I feel like that's inappropriate, you know, and everybody has a different way of doing things. But like, it really frustrated me to see a horse in like that much pain, yeah, like visible pain to like not say something. So I said, well, the saddle does not fit your horse at all, you know, like at all. And, um, so she had the masseuse out and the horse is like the thorn or the rose part of it is that the horse is feeling loads better. She had the masseuse come out. Um, we got a saddle that fits and we actually, she was one of the people that I took to the show, um, this past weekend and like her horse was phenomenal and she, she was champion of her division and, you know, just like walk trot rail classes and stuff. And like, so that was just my rose is that I was able to fix this horse, um, in terms of making his life better because they were, you know, I mean, they didn't know any better. The people are new to riding, you know, and it just, you just got to watch who you say is a trainer, you know, get somebody with some, uh, references or something. Seriously. Yeah. It was scary. But so Justine, what is your rose or thorn? I will start with my thorn. I think I've talked to you guys about this. Uh, there's this wonderful Amish community that is like, I don't know, about 45 minutes south of where I live. I think it's technically Mennonite. So being correct here, it's Mennonite. But most people don't recognize the Mennonite word. It's uh, But they're very similar to Amish con uh, culture. And they th there's just this like, random community here in Florida, um, for Mennonites and they do the best. I mean, for, I mean, there, you probably have a lot of that Ellie and where you live, right. In rural Pennsylvania. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So Pennsylvania they, Dutch. 
Yeah, I'm sure you have a ton. So here, like we just have this like random hotspot. And I know I've talked about it on the podcast before because I bring all of my leather goods to get repaired by this one guy in this community because he does such wonderful work. And I'm trying to save my tall boots, man. They like fit me perfectly. I love them, but they're getting a little bit old and I keep busting the zipper on one boot and he's fixed it for me before. So I brought it down there to fix it again. I don't know, maybe about a month ago and I got them back and they were beautiful and he did a wonderful job as always. And I put them on the first time to ride in a clinic about two weeks ago and I blew through the zipper immediately. Like my leg was just like, Hulked right through it, you know, it was like, bam, gone. And I was so pissed. And so I brought them back down. But I, you know, I realized, like, I think because I'm like, why does this keep happening? And I think my one leg, my one calf is now bigger than the other calf. And I was like, is this like quarantine weight? You know, like, why is this happening to me? Why do I, why am I <laughs> it's all going into one calf? <laughs> one calf. <laughs> That's amazing. I was like, I think my one leg is fatter than the other. And he just looked at me and he was like, I don't think so. And I was like, well, why is this happening then? And he was like, he looked at me like, I don't know what answer you want from me, lady. Yeah. But either answer is going to be bad. He's just like, I'll stretch the leather a little bit. How about that? I'm like, okay, sounds good. (laughs) So, but I trust him. I think he'll save my boots. So. (laughs) Even the Mennonites know not to call women's calves back. <laughs> well, I should back up and he was like, why are you here again? You know, because he just saw me and I was like, look what I did. I ruined this boot already. So <laughs> oh, Justine so mad. mad, Justine smash. <laughs> Seriously, except it was my calf going like Hulk, you know, like <laughs> hulking out of the boot. Oh, no. I know it sucks. So, um. I guess my rose is that I don't even know. (laughs) You don't have any rose? I don't think so. Actually, I do. I do have a rose. So over the weekend, my husband surprised me and we went to like, he got a nice hotel and got me a massage, which was really nice. Mm. I, I know he's really good at that kind of thing. And you forgot about that? Yeah, how do you forget about a romantic? I mean, that would have been the first. I've like, been like, Vic. come on, I can start with my rose. Got it. I have a massage. But it's like a weird thing to do in COVID times, right? No, it so, is weird. But, but we, yeah. we called. Still they jealous. Took it, they took it very seriously. They, like, took a temperature before they let us in. And, um, and it was worth it. It's just, you know, because we both work, like, we both work in the news industry. So our work is very high high intense, you know, everything is high energy right now. So it was nice to have like a weekend where we just went and hung out by the beach and got a massage and had a nice dinner and just relaxed. So that is my rose. And it was very sweet of him to think to do that for no reason other than to just do it. That's really sweet. Yeah. Yeah. That's good boy. Alex for the win. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He's good at that. All right. So So we we got a mail bag from Catherine in the Facebook group. And I want to ask both of you this question as um, both of you are trainers. And um, I don't believe Catherine is a trainer, but I'm hoping you could give her good advice. So Catherine says she's been lucky enough to own horses for most of her riding career, but now she is riding a couple that she doesn't own. 
Um, those owners let her ride, do clinics, show, et cetera, at no cost, uh, just for their horses to get the experience. But this makes her kind of nervous. She's always nervous riding the horses owned by other people. She doesn't want to let the owners down. Do you guys have any tips or unspoken etiquette for riding horses that are not owned by you? Well, first off, like it's good, you know, it's, it's not bad to feel nervous basically. Like it's good that you want to impress them and want to make sure you're doing right by the horse and everything else. Like that's a total normal feeling. And then for me, like I just would basically, especially when you're riding in clinics and stuff, pick people that like, obviously you want to ride with and then you can really get out of it and then just start interacting a lot with the people that own it because they want to see you successful and stuff. So it's not that it has to always be perfect, but as long as you kind of connect with them and keep them informed that they are there for the highs and lows with you. And so let them be part of it. Let them be, that's, that's what they're probably letting you do this for. So don't put so much on yourself that it always has to be perfect. Do more so that like embrace it kind of thing. I know it's hard to do, but really be like, okay, look, I'm going to do this with them and be part of this journey with them. And I think you'll start to really kind of have fun with it and kind of just accept that not everything's always going to be perfect, even though that's so hard and that you always want it to be going so well, but just go, you know, you know, the people want the highs and the lows with you. So kind of just embrace that. And I feel like you're going to kind of have more success in your own mind than always putting so much pressure and then just never getting that satisfaction. Cause it's very, very hard to be perfect. The horses are very humbling creatures in this sport. So <laughs> I would just kind of really just take that experience and want that experience with them basically is what I would say. I like what Jess said, but I think mine is, I mean, Jess does this automatically, but just thinking like, you know, at the grass root of it, the, I think the biggest thing is presentation. So you're, you're presenting that horse, you know, if, if you go to a horse show and you have your own horse, right, obviously you want that horse to look nice and, you know, look respectable. I think that that should be accentuated when the horse is not yours. I mean, you don't want to have a horse that's not yours go in with shavings in its mane and, you know, a poop stands, but because that's just not professional. So I think the biggest thing is like how you present the horse. And I think the biggest thing with that is social media. So like, you know, if you have, you know, like one of, what are those things called the, the Finstagrams, like where you just show like you messing up and doing weird stuff. Like don't post videos of one, you falling off the horse cause it bucked or something or like the horse rearing or, posting on Facebook saying, Oh, you know, I, I had a good round today, but you know, my horse knocked a rail, you know, like don't, don't advertise the horse's faults and also don't advertise the horse, you know, in incorrectly. Does that make sense? No, Definitely. that's a really yeah. good point. That's huge. I, like, I remember when I was leasing as a kid, right. I had this horse that I absolutely loved and he just had this weird thing at a horse show where he, like reared up like in the in gate and it was super weird. And I remember that I had posted something. I mean, I was probably 12 or something. I had posted something on Facebook being like, Oh, it was great. You know, like once I got him in the ring um, and the owner of the horse had messaged me on Facebook and said, you need to take that down because I'm trying to sell this horse. And that is not something he does. It was a fluke that he spooked at something, you know, and I just don't want you to represent him in that way, which you know, I've tried to keep in my head as I've 
moved into yeah. my professional career because I mean, I have this hilarious video that I I've, I've shared with you and Justine of me taking a tumble off of one of the horses that I broke. And it's like, it's literally the stupidest fall because the horse did nothing wrong. I literally just came off the shoulder and I, part of me, like if that were my horse, I would post it on Facebook and be like, guys, look how stupid I am, you know, but since it's someone else's horse, I'm not going to do that because it's, you know, it's it looks bad on inappropriate. Yeah. No, hundred exactly. percent. I think so that's I think really that's important. The thing. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Like, you can mess up and stuff, you know, it's not like Jess said, you don't have to be, you know, perfect and lay down perfect grounds all the time. You know, but just don't don't go above and beyond to point out bad things. Their flaws. Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah. So if you guys want to ask a question to us or give us a question on either the Facebook group or you guys can email us at hello at heelsdownmedia.com. All right, guys, that's a wrap. We want to thank our partners this week, Green Hawk. Flare and EcoCold. If you want to hear more from us, be sure to subscribe to the Heels Down Brief at bit.ly slash hdbrief and join us on Facebook at the Heels Down Happy Hour Podcast Lounge because we have a lot of fun, share a lot of funny things, and you'll probably see pictures of my cats. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers, Cheers, guys.